it's Andrew Wilkow. Here's my opening monologue from today's Wilkow Majority on Sirius XM Patriot. I didn't think it was that big of a deal of an op-ed, but apparently it gained some viral steam over the weekend about some of the wokeness coming to Disney World and Disneyland. And I'll say this is going to ups- it's going to I don't think it's a big deal to update Thundermouth and make it more themed towards Princess and the Frog and Princess Tiana and for a very simple reason. When was the last time anybody sat and watched the movie Song of the South in the past 50 years? I mean, they got rid of 20,000 leagues under the sea to make it the the uh, Little Mermaid under the sea ride. If they're updating it to give more of a spotlight to one of their princess franchise film products, okay, no no problem. It's not like they're renaming Space Mountain Safe Space Mountain. But this thing about the characters, the writer is 100% on. We'll, we'll get into that a little bit. We have a shock poll out, though. We have a shock poll out, and I think the Democrats know this, and this is why they're playing these games with making Washington, D.C. estate. We've had some very angry callers. I've had some very angry emails, very angry posts. You just don't want you just don't want a majority minority state. That has nothing to do with anything. The major metropolitan cities are e- either past the threshold or teetering on majority minority. And many of these states with these major cities are already by their electorate. Majority minority. And I don't even know where you draw that line. No one's ever explained what that means. If you're the only Asian kid in a predominantly black school, who's the minority? Exactly. Like, is it is it in the local area? Is it the county area? Is it the state, the whole country, the world? I mean, what constitutes majority and minority? And it's kind of funny to listen to the Democrats talk about democracy and then decry majorities. I mean, if we all voted our race, what would the Congress, what would the world, I'm I'm not even going to get into that. Kamala Harris is not seen as qualified to become president, according to a new Rasmussen report. Now, look at this thing about D.C. statehood. You have people who keep saying, screaming, even at me at some times. Well, creating a new state is constitutional. Yes, it is just not the 10-mile square of the District of Columbia. No simple piece of legislation, even if it passes the House, even if it passes the Senate, and is signed by the President, that does not create a state in the District of Columbia for two reasons. One, there is a 10-mile square. No state can be made within that 10-mile square. That land was Seated by the colony of Maryland. Perhaps you could seed it back. But the other side of that is no state can be created out of a carve out between a state or other states without the express permission of those states. The federal government can't just come in and say, well, we're going to break up a state. So there's a constitutional issue here. Puerto Rico is a different story. But as far as the District of Columbia, it would take a constitutional amendment. They can't just redraw boundaries. It's 10 miles square. 
They cannot just come in and go, well, we're just going to carve this around the district. The Constitution does not permit the federal government to do that. And as far as this being based on a political opinion, it's not. The Constitution draws a boundary. But even if it is a political opinion, I, I note that a lot of progressive Democrats think that if you have a political opinion, it's made moot by their demands. Even if there was no constitutional uh, constitutional question here, I'm allowed to simply sit behind this microphone and go, I don't want the federal seat of power turned into a state. It doesn't sound like it's going to work out well. The electorate will be entirely loyal to the power that is the federal government because of the proximity. It's kind of funny to listen to people who base their, who divine their opinions, say you can't have a political reason for believing something or advocating for something. Unless, of course, you're on the left, then you could just make up your opinions as you go. But they've not answered this valid question. How do you plan to make a state within a jurisdictional boundary that is laid out by the Constitution? It doesn't matter. Kamala Harris doesn't have a plan for anything. Her big, her big, big, big plan for the border is to go down to Central America and promise them more money, as if we haven't been doing that. We have been sending hundreds of millions of dollars to each one of these countries for the better part of a generation. It is not the... T- and I, I, will, I, will, I will give the floor to any civil-minded Democrat using only the Constitution. Where do these foreign aid plans square with the Constitution? Meaning, if you're going to say, well, we have to make their countries nicer and better and cleaner and better and better funded, provide better education or better health care or, or, or else they won't stop coming here versus something like migrant protection protocols, a border wall, military on the border, preventing people from breaking our laws. Where does the Constitution empower the federal government to build the taxpayer? for the failings of every other nation on planet Earth. I mean, we're already sending vaccines to Canada. You show me that absence of a treaty, a vote in the United States Senate that says the United States is now binding itself to this agreement with Guatemala or Honduras, whichever country you want to name. And now the United States must abide by the order of this treaty. The answer is you can't find it. The Constitution makes no specific power for the federal government to be for all mankind. Just as it does not eliminate the 10 miles square or the 10th Amendment or anything else the Democrats keep talking up. The Second Amendment is real. Voting rights are not. Andrew, did you say voting rights are not real? They're not real. You do not have an express right to vote in the Constitution. That's why it's another layer to this. When people say, well, the people in the District of Columbia are entitled to full representation. No, they're not. No, they are not. The Constitution does not grant anybody the right to vote. And it sure as hell does not bestow upon residents of the 10-mile square full representation. If they don't like it, they can live outside the 10-mile square in Maryland or Virginia or anywhere else in the other 50 states. Wyantic 695 Patriot 9572874. And if we really wanted to get technical, if Joe Manchin goes to vote 
for D.C. statehood, we should immediately remind people that West Virginia wasn't actually ever legally admitted to the Union. Huh? Nope. But it's there. Maybe that's what they're thinking. We'll, we'll just do it the way West Virginia was admitted. Ex- ex- still, you have to get over that hurdle of the 10-mile square. But Kamala Harris, headline Rasmussen, majority say Kamala Harris not qualified to become president. Most voters have an unfavorable impression of Vice President Kamala Harris and GOP voters in particular doubt she's qualified. Now, when you say that, yes, she's born in the USA. Certainly she's over the age of 35. Not a bad looking woman. In the picture they used, where they pushed this on, I will never say, if somebody says, Andrew, what do you think of Kamala Harris? Eh, not, not bad looking. I see where Montel Williams was going back in the day. Willie Brown knew what he was getting into with a chew toy. Not an unattractive woman, but not exactly, well, you could say she was on top of things, just not the things we needed her to be on top of. The latest Rasmussen Report's National Telephone and Online Survey finds that 51% of likely U.S. voters have an unfavorable impression of Harris, including 43% who have a very unfavorable impression of Joe Biden's vice president. 46% of likely voters have a favorable impression of Harris, including 28% who have a very favorable view of her. Okay, well, other than, other than the attempt at good speeches, what great track record does she have as a, an attorney general? or a United States senator? What what great policy initiatives can you sit back and say, wow, you know, uh, you know, uh, yeah. So here's some reporter asking her, why is she going to New Hampshire, the northern border, and not the southern border? Play cut three. You're here to talk about infrastructure. Yes. Right now, Republicans are attacking you, saying you shouldn't be in New Hampshire talking about infrastructure. You should be in the southern border talking about immigration. How do you respond to them? I'm not going to play political games. I'm here because the American Jobs Plan is going to bring an incredible amount of support to New Hampshire. Wait, wait. Are you the infrastructure czar now? Because the last time I checked, there was this big announcement that Kamala Harris was going to be in charge of the border, that she was going to oversee all things border and migrant related. But there she is in New Hampshire trying to win Dixville Notch. But here's her big plan. She's on CNN. I have a big plan for the border. Cut four. This week, in addition, or next week, in addition to meeting again with the president of Guatemala, I will be meeting the following day with the community-based organizations in Guatemala. They call them basically civil society to figure out how we can better assist what they're doing on the ground in a way, again, that they can give the resources to people who naturally want to stay at home and give them some sense of hope that help is on the way. This is the work that we're doing, but it's not going to be solved overnight. It's a complex issue. Listen, if this were easy, it would have been handled years ago. So we're going to give money to community groups for community groups, for the civil society. Starting with 2014, and this is not all, there are two different websites that are operated by uh, the State Department, but I'm just going to go on USAIDs right now. I think there's actually um, more that we've given them. For a country of 18.2 million people, in 2014, we gave them 93,300,018 uh, $816,000. That's, that's 2014. 
2015, we gave them $98,465,040. For the year 2016, an election year, we gave them $98,386,565,000. For 2017, we gave them, ready for this? First year of Trump, $135,534,158. That is just in basic foreign aid. That's not the total package. We gave them $144,198,799 in 2018. In 2019, the last year available for Trump, we gave him $151,068,750. That's pretty amazing. And do you know what the number one spending by sector is for all those years? It's right here on the USAID website, government and civil society. So now we're going to do what? We're going to give a bazillion dollars added on. And remember, they got another $100 million in the COVID relief package. So we are now going to pour even more resources. Americans are still without a job. Small businesses are still shut down. 500,000 American citizens are without a home and filling up these camps in the major cities. We have a border we can't get control over. We have schools that are still closed. We have Americans still waiting for relief checks. And the answer to our border problems is to send hundreds of millions of dollars to foreign nations so they can waste it. Weintzik 695, Patriot 9572874. Here she is, cut five. Most people don't want to leave home. And when they do, it's usually for one of two reasons. They're fleeing some harm or they cannot stay and satisfy the basic necessities of life, such as feeding their children and having a roof over their head. That's the, that, that is part of, a big part of what is going on. So I look at the issue of what's going on in the Northern Triangle from that perspective. And then my take on it is that we've got to, understanding that, we have to give people some sense of hope. That if oh, they stay, hope. that help is on the way. And that brings me to then my focus, which is, for example, I convened a group of members of our cabinet, um, Secretary of Agriculture, Secretary of Commerce, the head of the USAID, which is our aid organization. Um, Tony Blinken, Secretary of State, was a part of it. Jake um, Sullivan was a part of it. And bringing together members of our cabinet to do what, for example, is going to happen out of commerce, which is they're going to convene a, a trade mission virtually now, and then the hope is in person later. With agriculture, Tom Bilsack is going to increase our focus and our resources around helping the farmers in that region who have been devastated by crisis in terms of climate and, and drought. USAID, we're increasing our disaster response because, again, of the hurricanes. So this is the kind of work that has to happen. So we are going to go down. We are going to go down, and we are going to spend lavishly on foreigners. Money that we don't have. Money that we are not generating right now. Right? We're in the midst of spending trillions of dollars. Trillions of dollars to jumpstart our own economy, to jumpstart our own economy, to get our footing back, to get our kids back in school. But according to Biden and Harris, we just happen to have trillions more laying around to give to other nations. Where's it coming from? Are we borrowing it? 
Are we printing it? Is this a bond? Are they going to pay it back? Is it a loan? You know, it's funny. We are the largest contributors to the IMF and the least likely to draw any benefits. $30 trillion. $30 trillion. $30 trillion in debt. And now we magically have money to just make it rain over Central America. Because we owe it to them to make them happy and hopeful in their home country. Wines at 695 Patriot 9572874. We are right, they are wrong. That's the end of the story. The arguments on this radio program cannot be broken. Serious XMP. You can join me live on the Wilkow Majority, Monday to Friday, noon to 3 East, 9 to noon West, on Sirius XM Patriot, Channel 125.